City when Lash's words cut through the silence. We have to report it. I heard a pop followed by the sound of Jolene sucking what I assumed was the deflated bubble back into her mouth. Report what? She knew what. We all knew what. I found myself wondering how Jolene knew Lash knew about the what, considering he'd been in the car the whole time. I figured you guys were recording it somehow. I've seen all them crime shows on TV just like everybody else. But I wasn't sure till y'all started acting all weird when we got back out to the car. Like why you guys didn't tell the big guy who's driving what happened. I don't even want to know why the kid's here. But just so you know, I'm not stupid as you think. Will you give me 24 hours head start? I don't know if that's... All right, Jolene. We'll give you a head start. Do you need a ride somewhere once we get back? Carla! Mm-mm. For future reference, Carla's shh mean stifle it, and I found it's easiest to do just that whenever possible. In this case, I didn't feel like fighting over some kid running away when she'd do it as soon as she got the chance, even if we turned the information over to the cops. I didn't know enough of her story to decide what her odds of success were, but I'd heard enough to know her family didn't deserve any loyalty from me. I'm heading out tonight, first chance I get. You give me a day, and we're good. I hate when adults treat me like a child. The kid had been silently grousing, probably because he'd been banished from the car at the point Lash saw where the conversation was going. Carla's first words to him when he'd arrived back at the car were, What are you so pissy about, mister? That was followed by a lot of overly loud sighs and groans. Basically, a kid making it known that he was ticked off. What's your name, kid? I forgot. Jake. Well, Jake, it's like this. There's some things that kids shouldn't have to understand. And they're talking in code because this is one of them things. I know you don't believe me right now, because you don't even know me. But I promise you, one day it's going to click in your head, and you'll know what they're talking about. And then you're going to feel pretty shitty knowing it. So you just enjoy whatever time you got left as a kid, okay? Because it gets pretty crappy from here on out. We all got quiet after that. It's not like any of us could argue with her. And maybe something kids these days need to hear. Quit the goddamn whining about what you don't understand, because one day you will. And you won't feel any better for knowing it. When we finally pulled up in front of Jolene's house, I heard Carla say, Do you need any money? Nah, I'll be fine. I got a couple hundred dollars saved. Oh, Christ on a cracker. Hang on. Here, take this. Jeez, lady, you always carry around this much cash? No, no, put it in your purse, and for God's sakes, Jolene, promise me. Look, look at me. Promise me you're not going to do drugs with it. I don't need that on my conscience. Do you even have a plan? Someone I'm to fine, I said, and I ain't telling you where I'm going, but if it'll make you feel better... I'm not stupid. I have somewhere to go. Someone that'll take care of me. Are you sure? 
Lady, you ain't gonna get an answer that'll make you okay with letting me do this. You know that, right? Carla pelted her with at least 15 more questions as Jolene stepped out of the car. I heard some movement that I generally attribute to one person getting out of a car and realized that Carla had stepped out with her when I heard the material of her jacket rustling. It was one of those water-resistant blends that affords everyone in the vicinity a blow-by-blow -blow of your every twitch and swivel. The rustling eventually gave way to Jolene's muffled voice saying, Okay, this is weird. I couldn't help but smile. Carla was hugging her. Carla was always hugging people. So of course she got out of the car and stepped into Jolene's personal space, wrapping her delusional hope around the girl she'd just given a wad of dough, hoping to lessen the pain of what had clearly been a shitty, shitty life thus far. Hey, here's our card. My number's on there and so is Morneau's. So if you need anything, anything at all, just call us, okay? How much did you give her? I don't know. A couple thousand. Jeez, woman. How much are you carrying around? I don't know, Morneau. Will you stop badgering me? I just grabbed a wad before we left Detroit. We have to stop by the Osceola and I wasn't sure if I'd need to grease any palms. Couple things about those last two sentences that disturbed me, Carla. But let's start with how you were able to grab a wad when I was under the impression that money was in a duffel bag safely secured inside an Amtrak terminal locker. It is, Morno, but I kept some out for emergencies when I took out what I needed to buy the hotel. Well then, there seems to have been a series of unfortunate events, miscommunications, and general chicanery afoot. Because I was led to believe Lash had the keys to that locker, and the locker with the other stuff. So why don't you both take a minute to iron out the goddamn wrinkles in my confusion? I gave her back the key to the locker with the cash. Decided I don't want any part of it. I still have the other stuff. Buried it in the evidence locker at the station. The other stuff to which Lash was referring was the box of documents that contained paperwork implicating Mercedes Sandoval in the FEMA funny business. Okay, now you, Carla. Approximately how many times have you visited said locker to relieve the duffel bag of a portion of its contents? Uh, two. Maybe three. Are you asking me or telling me, Carla? The question mark that shouldn't have been there in the first place hung off the end of her sentence like a pitiful chad on a Florida voter's ballot. I don't know, Morneau, all right? I'm tired. It's been hectic, and I have got a lot on my plate. I don't know how much is left, but yes, the pile has dwindled considerably. With buying the building and what I gave you-know-who, and then I also had to deposit some in the business account because the bills needed to get paid. Well, this just keeps getting better and better. Embezzled money paying the light bill at the office. Not a thing could go wrong with that. Am I right, Lash? Don't worry about that money, Morno. Talked to the FBI yesterday about the Rios Sandoval thing. I think I've got it worked out that we turn over the paperwork and they forget about any missing money attributed to Carla. Water under the bridge is how Arecchio put it. Pretty sure they just want the whole thing to go away. Joe say he'd put that in writing? That's why the box is still locked up at the office. 
I'm waiting for them to send me something. Do you feel better now, Whiny McWhinerson? <laughs> Whiny McWhinerson? I gotta use that. Oh, I did get you this, Morneau. UPS delivered it yesterday. Here you go. Then I felt Carla tap my arm between the two seats. What is it? It's an iPhone like mine. Jake, do you think you could give him some pointers? Show him how to work it? At least help him figure out how to make phone calls and take calls. I did see that there were some apps for that, but I didn't know which ones were better, so I thought maybe I'd let you handle that. Sure. I handed the phone back over my shoulder to the kid. Might as well hold on to it. It's about as useful to me at this point as internet porn. As he took it from me, I asked Carla how much she paid for my new toy. I added your phone to my plan. It was cheaper. Well, that's peachy. Nothing more comforting than being tethered to another human being by a multi-year phone service plan. Last, you need to take a right up here on Chestnut. And then once you see the big factory on the right, take another right at the corner. I knew the big factory on the right was a dry goods processing plant owned by a well-known Fortune 500 company, which shall go unnamed because I try not to shill for multi-conglomerate entities during the course of my day, whenever possible. Carla and I had taken to calling it the plant. That seemed to fit the allegorical bill, considering it was planted smack in the middle of an otherwise quaint section of downtown or at least the dregs of what used to be a quaint downtown, and had smuggled in with it the constant thrum of air brakes as 18-wheelers clogged the sketchily managed local streets. What the hell? Lash narrated, We're parked in front of the Osceola. A very large guy in a suit is speaking to a smallish fellow who's taping something across the front door. If I'm not mistaken, Looks they like put a, a foreclosure notice on the front door, Morno. The car turned off as Carla's door opened. Then the bing-bing of Lash's door as it opened, and he exited hastily enough to leave the keys in the ignition. This I knew because the incessant bing-bing continued until the door slammed closed. I told the kid to sit tight and got out of the car, yanking the fuck stick with me in a manner befitting an inebriated court jester. I stumbled over the curb I hadn't felt around for and swiveled with the stick held waist high in front of me until it came in contact with a body. You mind? The gruff voice sounded like a two-pack-a-day habit and was followed by someone shoving my stick away from their person. Not in the least, I replied, lowering the tip of the stick to the ground. So what have we got, Lash? A little narration is in order to keep the blind man up to speed. I assumed we stood on a sidewalk outside the dilapidated building I'd seen the last time we were in town, prior to everything going dark. Lash? Sergeant Lash, Detroit PD. What's the problem here? Building's been foreclosed. Who said that, I asked, irritated by the invisible intrusion. Ron Malkin, city manager. That's the smaller one. Okay, great. And who's the large gentleman? Jordan Sims, attorney for the seller, Bob Flask. Stay in the car, kid. I will. I'm just opening the door so I could hear. The windows don't work with the ignition off. Hey, how do you know I'm bigger if you're blind? 
Because as we rolled up, Sergeant Lash told me a large gentleman was speaking to a smaller gentleman who was taping something to the door of the Osceola. Also, my fuckstick came in contact with a doughy personage in a space from whence the other voice on my right did not come. I motioned toward the smaller gent with a flourish. You're getting better at this, Morno. The foreclosure is due to an outstanding tax debt. What? Let me see if I can clear this up for you nice and simple. If your tax bill is unpaid for a period of time longer than a year, the county treasurer may foreclose on your property. The government will take ownership of your home in lieu of the unpaid tax bill. The county will then attempt to sell your property to recover the tax money owed. I just bought this property. How can there already be unpaid taxes? Carla, where are the contracts for the sale of this building? Back at the office? Did you read them? I already knew the answer, and if you've been paying attention to her character development, I'm sure you do too. Yeah? Mostly? I didn't think it was a big deal. I paid cash, for God's sakes. And I have a receipt. So what are we looking at, Sims? The ensuing silence went on long enough that I turned in Lash's direction and held up my hands in the international symbol for what the fuck's happening. He's checking something on his phone. Got a copy of the signed contract stored here. I'm trying to find the right... Okay, here it is, page 13. I'll read you the relevant information. 26-unit historic Osceola Hotel at the crossroads of downtown Reed City. Completely redone bar area. Commercial kitchen. Banquet rooms. Full basement. Office and meeting rooms. The hotel enjoys a storied reputation for being haunted. Legal description... I think we can skip to the disclosures, if you don't mind. We've hit that point in the day where I'm in dire need of a drink and as little human contact as possible. As you can see, none of the aforementioned needs are currently being met. Disclosures. Buyer responsible for a payment of taxes and water bills. Buyer agrees to pay all costs, fees, and interest for any and all taxes, local, state, and federal. And water sewer service assessed against the property at any time, regardless of whether said taxes and water fees are due and payable prior to or following the closing date. Beautiful. Buyer agrees to pay said cost, fees, and interest for taxes and water sewer service at closing, and that said amounts for taxes and water service shall not be prorated between the buyer and seller. Buyer shall have the sole and absolute responsibility for investigating and verifying the amounts required to be paid by buyer prior to purchasing the property. The cost, fees, and interest required to be paid at closing are estimated to total $42,571.16. Who drafted that steaming turd you're calling a contract, Sims? There's nothing illegal in this contract. I assume you understand that. Er, I don't think I ever got your name. Dex no. Private investigator, otherwise known as the newly implanted thorn in your left-ass cheek, Mr. City Attorney, I'd like you to meet my assistant, Carla Danny, the fucked-over buyer of record in this dubious scam. And if you think you're now worried about your left-ass cheek, well, your right one won't even know what hit it. If you weren't able to pull that all together, let me see if I can clear this up for you nice and simple. My assistant doesn't like getting screwed, and I don't like it when my assistant gets screwed because I'm forced to become embroiled in said screwitude in order to relieve her of such, so at some point I can get some relief. Sir, he's not kidding, really. Who's the colored kid? Are you kidding me right now? Did you just say colored? Or am I having a fucking stroke? 
Lash was already mumbling unintelligibly behind me in a way that sounded like he wasn't crazy about where this was headed, and he might also be in need of a drink. What color am I? What? Sims seemed confused. You're Cafe Olay, Jake, okay? Milky brown. You have gorgeous skin, by the way. Hey, you. Did you develop that lovely personality trait over time, or were you born a fucking racist? What the hell are you talking about, lady? Racist? Three white adults driving around with a colored kid? What am I supposed to think? Holy shit, I am not even sure how to respond to that. Then don't. To be clear, that was Lash. Just shy of insisting. Oh, I think it bears response, don't you, Lash? I mean, you don't call someone colored. Unless you're 97 years old or a motherfucking racist. And don't look at me like that. When people are shit, you either call them on it or you're just as shitty as they are. In certain instances, calling someone racist might be considered slander, Missy. Oh, I'm sorry being called a racist makes you feel bad. Maybe you should feel bad about being a racist, you racist asshole. Carla, stop now, please. I'm sorry, Jake. I've got a council meeting tonight, three hours of paperwork to finish, and the hour between now and then. If you all don't mind, I'll be going. This isn't any of my concern. We'll want a word at some point, Malkin. Don't go leaving the country. That last bit I threw in just to be an ass. Listen, Mrs. Danny, I understand you're upset, but you're not the only one. This building was all but sold to another buyer. For some reason, my client decided to handle it another way and made a legal cash sale. You signed the contract. He gave you a receipt and then sent you a copy by certified mails two days later. This transaction with you is complete. If you have any issues with the foreclosure, you need to speak to the county treasurer. You'll find her at the clerk's office right down the street next to the police station. Unfortunately, they're closed for the day. And don't stand there glowering at me, Missy. The fact is, if you'd done your due diligence, we wouldn't be standing here right now with half the town hanging out of storefronts watching the show. Unless you want some due diligence upside your head, I suggest you go back to whatever rock you slithered out from under. You'll be hearing from our people shortly. Obviously, we have no people, but in my experience, when you say something like that, it keeps them guessing. I'm not fond of lawyers to begin with, but this one in particular rubbed me the wrong way. I guess he was feeling similarly chafed because he stomped down the sidewalk with Carla yelling after him. Yeah, and refrain from calling me Missy again. Unless you want one of Missy's size fives up your culo. 